I just remembered something that I wanted to say about the Bailey match, but oh well. It's that she wrestles so hard, the wire comes out of her bra. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. That's like, that should, they should like work that into more wrestling. Because I feel like that would like get me really invested. If I saw somebody's underwire coming out, I'd be like, this is fucking serious. (laughs) (laughs) Should we try to edit that in? Welcome to Wrestlesplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce my friend Rachel Millman to the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Hey, man. Hi. How you doing? Much better. Yeah, you've been sick the last couple days? Yeah, I caught some sort of, like, malaise of the season, or maybe it was the flu. I still don't know. Um, if it was this year's flu, get your shot i never get my shot every year get I'm your idiot. damn shot i know i'm an idiot i you, you know, should get it i'm especially getting it now because if this is like shades of it then no thank you yeah 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 you, you can't guarantee that that's what it was so you should still definitely get it um, yeah get the get the shot I know, my temperature was just spiking all weekend so i just basically slept through the whole thing and got winded going up my stairs well welcome back to the land of the living yay i'm so happy to not feel like that anymore <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> really you some, miserable i'm glad you had some good wrestling to watch I while you were did. sick i did i did uh this yeah i is a long time coming yeah uh this episode is about asuka asuka and i'm super excited yeah we've been talking about her since our first episode i think because yep our first episodes were about the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And uh, we didn't watch the Women's Royal Rumble for that episode, but then you later watched it and were like, this woman kicks ass. Yeah, and I also <laughs> made a um, fool's mis- a fool's mistake. Uh, I was going to say something different, but fool's mistake was in my head. So that's <laughs> the phrase that we're riding out to the end. I uh, I said that I th- thought like Nakamura was like one of the most like, charismatic engaging people ever and like a couple people who had when the show first started replied to us and were like i get what you're saying uh you're wrong go check out oscar <laughs> and i did and they were right and i have to thank them um because she's so fucking good yeah she's awesome um and she's been awesome for like a while and it sounds like she was awesome before she even was a wrestler like yeah <laughs> she just sounds cool like she- She's a, you know it's like she's one of those people who was frustratingly born to be cool. Yeah. So before she was a wrestler, she was a graphic designer, a sol- hair salon owner, which Wasn't probably she... explains why her hair is amazing, and a video game journalist. Yes, that's right. I remember she's a video game journalist, and like <laughs> yeah. whenever I mention her to video games journalists who don't really know wrestling, they always go, "Oh, she was a video games journalist," like <laughs> as if to imply that they're on the level as her, which like. Is a very, very nice level of self-esteem you have chosen for yourself. Um, I, I believe do, in you. Yeah. I believe in you. <laughs> I do think it is like really inspiring though, because she didn't start training until she was in her twenties, which I feel like is pretty late, especially for somebody who like makes it all the way to, you know, WrestleMania to to start when you're That's in your twenties. That's like mid-20s. moving to Hollywood at twenty-five. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I feel like especially for women like. They used to not really take people over about 30 for developmental. And it seems like it's changing because, yeah, Asuka's 37. I think Shayna's also 37. Yeah. Um, Fergal. Well, I mean, he's not a woman, but like Fergal's in his late 30s. Yeah. Which is weird. I always think he's like, because he, I feel like he, he has, acts. He has the energy of a teenage boy. Yeah. <laughs> he acts like he, a 
dude in his early 20s. Like, as far as being very excited to show off his muscles. Uh, Mr. Gray. (laughs) (laughs) You guys can't see it, but I showed Kath my butt as I did that. (laughs) Red velvet cake. Come on. I'm so mad about that still. Cake is ass. (laughs) I'm so mad that he posted. Okay. This is like probably a few weeks ago now when this episode comes out. Fergal posted a picture of him in his like little red speedo and like he was looking great. Obviously, he's like in amazing he did shape. He looked really great in that photo, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, again, like he's he not great for me, in every photo. but he's you know he's in, his body's incredible. Like it's yeah. insane. But he posted a picture of just him standing facing the camera, and he captioned it "Red Velvet Cake," and I'm angry. Like, <laughs> if your whole persona is gonna be that you're like the sexy double entendre guy, get the double entendres right. Like. You post a picture of your ass. Show the ass. I'm still mad. I'm sorry. This is not what this episode is about. (laughs) I'm downgrading (laughs) him to a child. (laughs) He got, you know what it is? He is living the plot of Big. Yeah. Except he got put into his body. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody on Twitter said that. Like, he seems like someone who, like, woke up in the Fergal body and then was like, can you guys fucking believe this shit? Which I respect. Yeah, but his curse is that it's big as a horror movie because he's trapped there forever. <laughs> what? It wouldn't be so bad. I wouldn't hate it if I were trapped in the Fergal body. Yeah, but as a 13-year-old? Yeah, are you kidding me? Oh, I feel like that's every 13-year-old boy's dream is to just wake up a fucking action figure. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's my dream now. I'm not a 13-year-old boy. I would love to be in incredible shape and not have done any of the work to get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's just like I've eaten cake most days of my life, and then I wake <laughs> up like, ooh, my anyway. thighs have a vein. <laughs> exactly. It'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Back to Asuka. We're getting off track. Yeah. So uh, Asuka started wrestling um, in like 2004. Four, uh, when she's in her like early 20s I guess which as I said really cool um the LB put together some really good notes for us uh become a patron if you want to see some more supplementary material about Love you, LB. um but LB said that uh Kana which is Asuka's old indie dame Kana um when she had been wrestling for about six years she put out this like manifesto um like outlining all of the things that she thought needed to change about Joshi. She was pretty entrenched in the Joshi wrestling scene in Japan. So you're saying that she's the original paste bin? Yeah. <laughs> she paste binned back yeah. in the day. <laughs> and like a paste bin, uh, made a lot of people really mad. <laughs> uh, it's funny too, because we, uh, we're trying to find a copy of this manifesto or like a translation and LB couldn't find it because manifesto is also the name of her, uh, sexy idol DVD. <laughs> so like well, she has a few, right? It's the name of one of them. I think. Yeah. I yeah. think I, she probably has several. Um, by the way, Rachel and I tried to look up the word that, okay. Listeners, it's G R A V U R E. How do we pronounce that? Nate, producer Nate did some research. Give it a shot, Nate. What do you think it's pronounced as? No? All right, fair enough. Come on, fair enough. Nate. <laughs> anyway, we don't fucking know. So it's that. We're trying. That's how you pronounce it is. We're trying. We're doing our best. We're going to call it her idol DVD called Manifesto. Um, so yeah, we don't we don't know exactly what it said. Um but, like, the stuff that I've heard about it, it sounds pretty cool, but apparently it just made people pissed off. 
Oh, well, I really liked the bullet point that was like, you got to weed out the people who aren't here for the right reasons. Because that's like such a tentpole of like reality show drama. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're not here for the right reasons. And like that happens, you know, on every single show at a certain point of like, why are you here? Yeah. Uh, Do you really want to be here? Do you want to serve it, sir? (laughs) 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 If it's kayfabe. We've said this before, but the best heels have a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, I mean, like, I'd have to have, like, so much more context to know about everything that she's talking about in it. But it sounds like a great document. So if I could ever find it, I'd love to read it or at least scan it, depending on how long it is. Yeah. uh, So we know a little bit of what was in it. So, like, yeah, even more than just eliminate people who don't want to be there, it was... And this is very mean, but also very merciful. I feel like I know this from comedy. One of the things was encourage people who can't, like, make it click to try something else instead of just letting them, like, flounder in wrestling. Like, I think that's, like, very kind in a very tough way. Just like, look, try something else. This isn't working for you. That is, and, like, I say this as a person who quit comedy, that is something that should be said to some people who are doing stand-up. Yeah, yeah. In and any I'm not thinking field. of any anybody specific. I'm not being, like, weirdly shady towards someone that no one would know. But, like, it's just true. Yeah, yeah. Like, some of this shit just isn't for everyone. Right. And wrestling is something that, like, you can spend a ton of time and killing money. yourself for. Yeah. And you're it's like, look, you're not going to put it together. So I thought that was interesting. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff too, like eliminate moves that look obviously fake, which I think is interesting given uh, uh, her shift to WWE. Well, I think it's interesting given her style because her style is like very hard hitting and very stiff. So uh, like the fact that she put that into her manifesto is like interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like a lot of the stuff on it makes a lot of sense, but depending on the tone with with which it was written, I could definitely see this being like a kayfabe heel thing. And apparently it like really established her as a heel in Joshi. That's kind of like the background that we have on her from Japan. Um, the first match we watched was, interestingly enough, an old Chikara match with uh, Sarah Del Rey. And our friend Bryce. Yeah, former yeah. guest of the show Bryce is uh, That's the ref. That's my first note for this episode is, hi, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce does a great job. He counts very enthusiastically. He's wearing all black. I think it's a black polo. Yep, yep. yep. We were just here to talk about Bryce's wardrobe <laughs> choices for Oscar episode. <laughs> um yeah, what did you think of this? I um so usually when you watch earlier matches like this, they're never bad per se, but you see a greener element whether their moves are like not as slightly sharp or like there's something about them that's usually just like a n- little newer in terms of the Pac Neville episode, he looks not like Gollum. Right. Um <laughs> but like the only thing that's different here is her hair color. Yeah, she you is, think she looks the same? She's fucking sharp as hell. Yeah. Like, even in our Mako episode, like, Mako is never not sharp, but, like, there is a difference between current Mako and, like, baby Mako getting her ass kicked by Aja. Totally. It's one of the most realistic wrestling matches I've ever seen as far as how hard they're hitting each other and mm. how, like, again, knowing that 
this is in 2011. So this is a year after Asuka publishes this manifesto. Um, she's about seven years in at this point. And, uh, it's her U.S. debut, I think they say in the commentary, Yeah, that right? weekend. Yeah. So Damn. they brought her f- over for Chikara. Um, and just, like, I think it's interesting just knowing that this was, like, re- recently after she published that manifesto because there is not an unrealistic-looking wrestling move in this match. Like, it all is probably because it's partially fucking real. They're really kicking each other in the head and in the back of the legs and... You know, Asuka's trying to twist Sarah Delray's uh, leg off for, like, a lot of it. Um, It's really brutal. It's really hard-hitting. I think it's cool that there's no bottom rope. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if you noticed that. They said it a couple times on commentary. Is it so they can't, like, like, grab out of a hold? Yeah, I think. So... It's interesting because another thing LB linked, I don't know if you watched I the, did watch the trip, the clip with her and Gulak. Yeah. yeah. So there's like a little clip of, of her and Gulak backstage at Mania this year. And uh, so Gulak is like came through Chikara. So yeah. he was presumably at that show. And um, they're like talking about it. And he's talking about what a good match it was. And he says something about how the ring was broken. Yeah. And I don't know if that means that. Uh, Asuka and Sarah Del Rey broke the ring, or if the no bottom rope was because a ring uh, rope broke, or, or something if that, like that was what the ring was broken, or we right. don't, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, or if that was like a planned stipulation, but it's an exciting stipulation for two people who are so submission based because it's like, yeah, you can't reach for the reach for the rope as easily. I would hope that it was a stipulation because that's just like really smart. That's how you make that. St- so much more dynamic right yeah it's a cool it's a cool thing and i know that there are other matches that have done that intentionally but uh this is the first match i've ever seen with with no bottom rope and i thought it was neat another thing that i think is really cool about this match that i didn't realize until like halfway through is that asuka's barefoot did you notice that no i noticed that right (laughs) away leg thing comes off right yeah um i noticed it before her leg thing came off because they showed a shot of her from the side and i was like she doesn't have fucking shoes on god (laughs) damn it Uh, (laughs) so she's kicking sarah del rey really fucking hard with bare feet that's crazy (laughs) um i'm glad they made her put shoes on (laughs) yeah i the only person who's allowed to wrestle barefoot is matt riddle you've decided you're okay with him doing it I'm not, but if one person has to, it can be him. Okay, fair enough. It's part of his brand now. Yeah, it totally is. So like, a, it work. Everyone else, I'm like, protect your. Those are toes. Like, come on. <laughs> did you see the gif of him kicking off his little slides? Did I it's see? It's so that's cute, so good. And like, that's what I mean. It's part of his brand now. Is that yeah. he consciously decided to make that part of his entrance, part of his entrance, and like part of his signature, right? Upon being in the company i'm just surprised he talked wwe into letting him do it but that's it's rad that he did he must have a lot of pull then because he talked wwe into letting him do that and was like i'm gonna keep smoking weed (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) apparently so um another thing about this sarah del rey kana match that i think is really like i don't know if i think this is cool actually i i have mixed feelings about it so this match is, like I said, one of the most realistic wrestling matches I've ever seen as far as the, the strikes and the and the moves and the way it plays out. Um, so they're really beating the shit out of each other as far as I can tell. And they're doing it for like 50 people in a gym in Tennessee. <laughs> and part of me really admires that and mm-hmm. thinks that's like amazing, like what dedication to your craft and everything. But another part of me is like, you don't have to kill yourself for 50 people in Tennessee. Like, please save your health. 
you know? I kind of love it, though, because, like, I don't know if you ever watched Behind the Music when it was still on. Oh, absolutely. But do you remember the episode about No Doubt? Uh, Vaguely. There's a part early in the episode, they talk about how when they were on the road and no one knew who they were, that is where they learned to perform and they yeah. and like they even say some of the best shows we have ever performed in our lives and like we'll never ever perform again we're done for two people yeah so I kind of apply that to here yeah and like you've even said yourself like you went to South Brooklyn to watch what was it was it Matt Riddle or was it Joey Janela to wrestle for, with like 20 people in a church yeah both of them were there yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um so like We've seen some, like, incredible matches with maybe a hundred other people. Right. And it is, like, it's really special as an audience member to be there. And I do compare it a little bit to, like, doing stand-up on the road is kind of the same way. It's, like, that, it's not necessarily the most amazing feeling in the world to perform for, like, 20 people, but it makes you good and it makes you better. Like, yeah. the more, And the more you do it, sort of, the, the stronger you get. And I, I think that that applies to, like, wrestling in a gym that's, like, lit by fluorescent lights for like 20 people but it's also like unlike being in a band or unlike stand-up your you, body can only do so much yeah yeah and that's the that's the other thing is that like okay there's a certain amount of damage you can do to yourself while performing in a ska pop band right <laughs> i get what you're saying but i think i am in defense of it yeah I mean, it's definitely, like, pretty cool to watch on tape. And, like, it's really cool for those 50 people who oh, got to yeah. see them. Oh, yeah. They saw the Stones at that one Stone show that was kind of like Woodstock that I can't remember the name of. Altamont? The Altamont, with, yeah. The yeah. one with the Hells Angels killed somebody? Yeah, that one? yeah. Like, you, no, your parents, <laughs> like, my like my stepmom went to Woodstock. She gets to brag about going to Woodstock. Yeah, but no, the Hells Angels didn't murder anyone at Woodstock. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> but that's what made it special. Exactly. I do think that is some of the fun of going to indie wrestling is like yeah. seeing this cool. I mean, you kind of alluded to this when you were talking about like Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. Like it's really exciting to be in these like small audiences and see these amazing performances and these amazing performers, especially, especially when you know a lot of the time that they're going to end up on a much bigger stage, especially now when WWE's fucking signing everybody. <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, it's, it's cool to be able to be like, I was there. I was 10 feet from that. There you know? is something kind of cooler to me about this now and being able to, because there's so many different ways that you can see independent wrestling and independent wrestling be before it becomes, you know, I guess corporate, I guess is the word I'm going for. Yeah. But, um, but it becomes a way that you can kind of like swap stories and bond with other fans. Yeah. As opposed to when you do this, when you like indie bands, it becomes a miserable pissing contest. Right. And there is definitely an element of wrestling fandom that is into the pissing contest part of it. Oh, hell yeah. They're not listening to this. Shout out to them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But like my experience a lot of times of like those small talk conversations of did you go to the show? Were you at this? Were you at Were the you one at where this? Were you spring break too? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're mostly just people being really excited. And yeah. they're not, it's not a, um, you know, I saw them, I saw this person here. It's like, oh, you missed a really good one. Like, let me tell you about it. Like, oh, get the high spots. Yeah. Like, right. it's, it's it, fun. It becomes a social currency, but in the best way. Right. In a, in a way of like, 
I want to share this with you because we both like this thing. In it a can way, be really- currency should be used. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it's, that. It's <laughs> currency in a non-capitalist uh, sense. <laughs> this show is this show, baby. We keep rolling. <laughs> we have our things and we talk about them. <laughs> uh, so the next, the next match we watched was from Japan. And um, I wanted to include more like regular Joshi stuff, but um, I... A, I wanted to like spend a lot of time on her WWE career, and B, a lot of it's kind of hard to watch. She wrestled for um, Pro Wrestling Wave, I think, and then she produced a lot of her own events, which is cool. I, I think wrestlers seem to do that a lot in Japan, and I think it's really neat where it's like they put together a, a card, and it's like about them. Is that them. generally women, or is that men, too? Uh, it's kind of both. Okay. I, I, there's like, I know... Um, Taka Michinoku and Taichi from New Japan co-run shows together. Um, and like the Suzuki one. Yeah, that's you know? true. Like people people seem to do that more um, over there. And so I know like Kana did did some of those. It's and their version of doing a YouTube channel. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a little fun little side project. You do just like a one day event and you get all your friends to come who wrestle in other promotions. and. Mm. It's neat. Um, I like it. Yeah. Um, so the next match we watched was from one of these wrestler-produced shows. Um, it was produced by Hikaru Shida, who is the woman in the match that we watched. Okay. Um, so this is uh, Kana and Kenny Omega are a tag team. And then they're against Hikaru Shida and Masato Tanaka. It's from 2014. Um, I'm so excited we finally get to talk about this match because I love it. So... <laughs> I will go to you first. Uh, I, is this your first time seeing this, or did I send this to you before? This is my first time seeing this. Okay, You sweet. may have sent it to me before, but I definitely didn't watch it. I may have <laughs> when we did our Golden Lovers episode, because this is, like, one of the matches I saw when I was, like, first getting into Kenny Omega, and I was like, oh, this guy's great. Like, I love this. I was excited for this because initially I saw Kenny Omega, and, like, currently Kenny Omega is a red wet guy who takes himself very very seriously yeah and this was a nice flashback to the kenny omega of yore right who is partially that version is like why i fell in love with this right because this is the oscar episode and this is not the kenny episode uh it this was a great show way to show me like the versatility of her talent. Like I already knew she knew how to be goofy and stuff. She's so fun. She's a genuinely funny performer. But like they go really hard. I that's why I like this match so much. So uh, the match we're talking about, um, if you haven't seen it, it's basically all about butts. Like the whole through line of the entire match is like a it's a butt battle. Shocking that Taguchi's not in it. Yeah, Taguchi would be very <laughs> proud. Like. This is a very Taguchi match. So it starts with like uh, Kana and Kenny, like they're like posing and like sticking their asses out at their opponents and like just basically like showboating and everything. And then they start doing like hip attacks, which is like when you smash your butt in someone's face. And uh, like there's a spot where Kenny is sitting on the top turnbuckle and pulls his trunks down. Like, you see Kenny Omega's asshole in this match. Like, for a while. He wrestles just with his ass out. and uh, He's got a cuter butt than I expected. He has a really, really nice butt. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. It's um, cute. I'm going to go far and say it's yeah, cute. It is cute. It's a cute little tuchus. He's got a good one. So Thank you for using the word tuchus. <laughs> there's, like, all these spots in it. And then, like, You know there... how there's, like, a thousand words for snow? We have used, like, a thousand <laughs> words for butts on this episode alone. I, I do my best. <laughs> I try. Um, 
but yeah, like there's like a spot where uh, their opponents have seated Kana and Kenny in the middle of the ring and they just keep slamming their asses into their faces. It's like, so it's really funny. Um, and it's all sort of serving this theme of like ass, which is great. <laughs> But it's also really stiff and really brutal. There's like, uh, there's a chair, there's a kendo stick, there's, um, you know, Asuka is wrestling her style. Like, she is wrestling how she wrestles, and she is a very stiff worker. And, um, you know, lots of strikes, lots of submissions. Like, a lot like um, Mako Satomura, the last Joshi person person that we talked about. Um, so it's cool, because it's like, it's funny and it's scary, and those things don't take away from each other. I think they actually serve to sort of heighten both of those like aspects of it. Um, like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's like really neat that it's, it's telling a story. It's a story of ass. <laughs> like that's the story. <laughs> and it tells that story with both comedy and the book and of Job and the story of ass the story of ass. <laughs> it tells that story with comedy and with like, really serious wrestling moves also the other thing that's cool about this match is that the mat looks really fucking painful to land on and they do it a lot like it doesn't seem like there's padding on it and that is cool to me yeah that's there were (laughs) two for two on broken rings in my opinion (laughs) Uh, yeah uh, i really like the end where kenny has a kendo stick and the way the match is shot and lit is that like it looks like he's beating an invisible ghost below him, and then you can sort of see his opponent's head popping up. <laughs> but I also like that it's intergender. Yeah, so it's it's mixed gender tag teams, but the men fight the women too, which is cool. Yeah, do um, it. A match that I wanted to put on here, but just ultimately decided against, was a match where uh, Kana fought uh, Minoru Suzuki. And uh, what the fuck? it's like hard to watch because he does not go easy on her. What the fuck, Cam? <laughs> it's in. You can still watch it. It's in the bonus material. It's <sighs> rough, though. It is a rough watch. I think I clicked on it and it was like half an hour. And I said, I have to go fever nap now. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's fucked up. Like, it's it's hard to watch. But also, like, Kana can fucking take it, man. Like, a, good for Suzuki for not going easy on her. On a scale of one to that Joshi scissor match. Um, it's brutal in a different way. Like, so like an eight. I I don't know. I can't put it on that scale. Okay. It's 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 brutal. Um, but yeah, that's like she's done some intergender stuff, and it's cool. Nice. And, and I like this about this. Uh, match. One of the I watched a match that Kath did not watch for this, which was uh, Asuka and Bailey. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because it's a similar angle to uh, Bailey versus Sasha, where like Bailey is like the sweet, cheerful one, and like Sasha's like the mean cha- and, and Asuka's the mean champion. But it goes from being, you know, she's so tortured and maligned by Sasha, who was a legitimate bully to her in storyline. And in this, it's the story is that, like, she fought Asuka last year and lost and injured herself, and she's here to prove her worth again and break the streak and do it. And she just kind of looks like a pouty brat in the beginning. Yeah. Of, like, oh, Asuka's so good. Yeah, she's fucking good. Get your shit together and go. (laughs) You're a fucking performer. Because of Asuka's streak and, like, how legendary her streak is, it takes away a little bit of the suspense because you know how long the streak goes. 
Yeah. And so, like, you're just sitting there like, oh, man, Bailey, your heart's going to break. Uh, so this is, in my my understanding, this was for the belt, right? This, this was, was the belt, yeah. like, when Asuka became NXT champion was this match, correct? I, no, she had the belt. Asuka was the champ at this point. Yeah, okay. because I think she, it was when she made her debut and she took it from Bailey. I'm probably wrong on that. It's okay. But she did beat Bailey for it. She beat Bailey for okay. it. Um, so she like, you know, it's Bailey's redemption arc and she loses because Bailey is a character that they always set up to lose. <laughs> the match itself is great. Like Bailey does not look weak. It almost like, even though knowing what I know, I can, it almost looks like she's got her for a few seconds, but she's Asuka and she bests her and she's really good. And it also has a very kind moment at the end. Uh, where after she's won and, like, celebrates her victory, she gets up and, like, hugs her. Because that is something that they always kind of put into the character, is that, like, up up until a certain point, like, she she's a very, like, respectful person to kick your ass. Like, she'll always be like, you did a good job. Yeah. She's it's, nice. It's interesting um, to hear you say that, because the next one we both watched was... Um, Asuka versus Ember, which yeah. was a year after the yeah. Bailey match. So the Bailey match was NXT Takeover Brooklyn two, Ember versus Asuka's NXT Takeover Brooklyn three. Yeah. So Asuka is supposed to be the heel, and she does some heel stuff. Like she um, puts the ref, she like grabs the ref to try to shield herself. Yeah. She grabs Ember's tights at one point. Like that's all cheater heel stuff. But, like, she also does have this thing of, like, you know, heels don't hug Bailey. Like, it's hard for me to understand in retrospect, like, what her sort of, like, personality was supposed to be. You know? I just don't think that they entirely knew what her personality was supposed to be yet for the company. Yeah. I mean, but they clearly had something in mind because, like, she had this streak going. And she is so clearly, as you said in the beginning, so charismatic. Um, I remember when I started watching wrestling um it was i've said this on pocket sport but it was because a guy i was dating was into it and like got me interested and i remember him saying to me like oh yeah asuka like the only reason she's in nxt is to work on her english like she doesn't need to work on her wrestling she's like the best wrestler in the world like it's it's just because she can't cut a promo in english yet like that's the only reason but like you're watching it and it's like she doesn't need to ever talk like she is so you are so bought in and part of it is like that she's like just an amazing performer. Part of it is that she is beautiful. Like, holy shit. She is breathtaking. She's like, definitely. I'm not like, I'm like a point two on the Kinsey scale. Like I'm not <laughs> into ladies at all, but like, she is like my top lady hunk. Like, I just think she is like gorgeous. I don't know your top five, but that's probably for later. <sighs> I'll have to think about it. I'll give you it by the end of the episode. How about that? Oh my, I'll think about it. I'm so impressed by your multitasking skills. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like she doesn't need to she doesn't need to talk. She's so charismatic. Like I get why people are totally behind her and rooting for her, even with not totally understanding. I think what the my character guess was. with her victory streak is that they were planning to kind of make her be like this brute force foreign heel. Right. But it didn't work because audiences love her so much. Because she's awesome. Yeah. She's just too good. Like during the Bailey match and this happens in the Ember match too, uh Becky and Sasha are on the sides rooting on for, rooting on rooting Bailey on. And they're like disappointed when she loses. Mm-hmm. And then you see in the Ember match, which we watch next, is that Bailey is right next to them being like, kick her ass. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. 
She tries. <laughs> and she, I feel like this is a pretty good showing of like, you know, I know that Asuka's going to win because I know that the streak was like 900 days or whatever, but they seem relatively evenly matched. Like there's definitely a few sequences at the end where you think Ember might have her. Oh like, yeah. She, the, I, I, we got to do an Ember Moon episode too. I love her. I think she's so wonderful. I can't believe you beat me to saying that because the whole time I was like, Ember episode. She's so good. And, like, the eclipse looks so fucking cool, and she does it to Asuka, and you're like, that's it. And then Asuka kicks out, and it's classic wrestling exciting. Like, that's, oh, man, amazing finisher. Oh, my God, she kicked out. How did she do it? That's, like, what wrestling is, like, yeah. based on and supposed to be. And it is wonderful. So we both really liked um, the entrances here. And I think part of what we both like about them as a character is, like, their looks. Like, their uh their gear their uh entrance music and also just like their bodies like their physicality is definitely something that we both really respond to I think oh definitely and we've I think we've mentioned it briefly about Ember before of like okay if I went to the gym for a year and got buff I would look closer to Ember or closer to Asuka than I would to say a Sasha just because like that's my build. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, like, their entrances are, like, I I said this to Kath before we started recording that I love this match for a lot of reasons, but it's, like, finally, like, equally good entrances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both, like, sweet music, like, super charismatic people, cool costumes. Kind of moving around the entrance ramp in the same way. Yeah. Just, like, slow wiggles <laughs> good go. capes two really good capes oh yeah you know i n- wrote down for this match too asuka's gear in this it kind of reminds me of like okada's old gear like yes the very opulent coat with like a lot of like these rich like jewel tones in it and uh you know asuka's has fur which is amazing like i really like it i think it makes a lot of sense for like a uh super charismatic kind of like quiet badass to wear yeah i i love oscar's constant pastiche of textiles yeah yeah it's just it it wouldn't work on anyone else it works on her (laughs) yeah her gear is so busy but it's like so fucking cool i love that she kept the thong forever the thong and the garters i'm like really into because it's like it's a thong and garters but they're not designed like it doesn't seem like their purpose is to like titillate. Like it doesn't look like lingerie, but it's a fucking thong and garters. It and it's looks awesome. like battle gear. Yeah, exactly. It's like very aggressive. I, I think that's why I like both of their gear. Cause Ember has those too. And it's like, it accentuates their bodies and they're, um, you know, they're a little more like voluptuous than uh, your standard, like WWE women's wrestler. And it accentuates that without seeming like it's accentuating it in order to sexualize. Yeah. You know, like, they look really strong and really powerful. It's for a power gaze. It's not for a male gaze. Yeah, like, it's... They look really, really powerful and strong, but they also look, like, very voluptuous and curvaceous. And those things, sort of like I said about, like, the brutality and the comedy in the butt match, like, those things are not at odds. And I think that, like a lot of times they are put at odds unnecessarily. You know what I mean? Yes, they do. And uh, yeah, it's fucking really cool. And it's cool to see, you know, they're not big by any means. Like Ember's 5'2". They're pretty small. Um, and obviously they're not like 
So I, I guess what I'm saying is like they're not like Nia Jax. They're not like Hosses, but they do have like a markedly different body type than like a gymnast or something. Yes. You know, which a lot of the WWE women have more of like that gymnast build. Yeah. And it's we were talking about like because like Asuka's physicality, especially for a woman in WWE is so delightful to see. Yeah, like I said, this is like a really exciting match because it seems like they're almost, you know, um, evenly matched with each other. Like, Ember gets in a lot of offense. There's a nice mix of uh, submission mat wrestling and, like, high-flying stuff. And, like, Ember opens the match immediately by kicking Asuka in the head right as the bell rings, which yeah. is rad. Um, and then she does, like, a cannonball off the apron. Like, it's sweet. It's really good. I think it says a lot of Ember's talent because she was super, super new to wrestling. She I, was? I, I thought she was on the indies. I thought she was in the uh, performance school. I mean, she was in the performance school. I know she's new to WWE. Yeah. I think at this point she's pretty new to WWE, but. Fucking the Shayna match worked me. Because <laughs> in the Shayna match, she's like, I came up through the indies. I worked hard. You're a performance center, homegrown brat. Wow, <laughs> I got worked. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Why would I ever believe WWE? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh, okay, so like this match is great. Uh, a thing about it, too, that like makes me really mad in retrospect is the fucking main event on this show uh, on TakeOver Brooklyn 3 was Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Roode for the title, which is, like, the most boring fucking match I could ever imagine. I could not tell those two people apart <laughs> they if look you put the them next to each other. <laughs> they look the same. Like, I, I, neither one of them are, like, bad. Like, I, I think they're both, like, fine wrestlers, like, and, and they've been in stuff that I think is cool, but, like, you have fucking this match not as the main event, and then the main event is those two dudes. Like that sucks. That's so. <laughs> that is so disrespectful to how fucking good this match is. It like made me really mad when I saw that. I was like, the Are idea you fucking of Bobby Roode and NXT is so fucking weird to me. Uh, he's another person who like went to NXT at like age fifty. He's like really old. <laughs> okay, that makes me respect Bobby Roode. Fuck. Uh, anyway, he was in. Uh, he's in that tag team beer money that we watched for TNA. Yes, I remember yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, NXT at age 50 is really good. <laughs> He's not really 50. Because now like... I'm thinking about like PCO going to NXT. Yeah. <laughs> I like... I don't want WWE to sign PCO because first of all, like what the, why the fuck would they ever do that? <laughs> uh, but I want him to get some money. Like I want him to get some recognition. What if he only went to NXT and like kept doing his exact same shit? <laughs> they, you know what they should do? They should do what they've done with Matt Hardy where they just like Matt Hardy retired. Yeah. And now he just has like a weird show on the WWE network. That's like the broken universe with like yeah. his kids on it. They should do that with PCO and Destro. PCO is like the Svengoolie of wrestling. <laughs> do you know what Svengoolie is? I, I know what a Svengali is. No, Svengoolie is like this weird sort of like, I would say it's like Mystery Science Theater adjacent show that's on some slightly above local access channel Hell yeah. on Saturday nights where it's like a guy who looks like Ron Jeremy in Danzig makeup showing you like a B movie <laughs> and he's kind of trying to do an Elvira thing. Okay. That uh, sounds fun. Yeah. But like that's sort of PCO's whole deal. Yeah. 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 Is that's, that <laughs> I want him to do that. <laughs> Nate has pulled up a picture of Svengoolie. Am I wrong? No, that's very PCO. 
You know, he kind of looks like Paul Bearer, actually. Do you remember? Do you know Paul Bearer, Undertaker's old manager? Uh, I've seen a photo. Yeah. He looks kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I got into Svengoolie because, like, my aunt and uncle told me about him, and they were like, you'd probably like this, which was like, you do know me. That's very sweet. It's very cute. So, yeah, like, I really appreciate the mix of stuff in this match. It kind of reminded me of, um, this is, like, a weird comparison, and I, I don't know if it actually holds up, but I wrote down, like, kind of reminded me of uh, this dude in New Japan, Kushida. Have you ever seen Kushida? He's the Back to the Future guy. Yes, I have. Yeah, so, like, Kushida is, like, he does, like, a lot of submission stuff, but he's also a junior, so, like, a lot of his matches do involve, like, a lot of aerial moves because he fights people who are more, like flippy and, okay. and stuff and like this kind of reminded me of that where like you have a little bit of everything and uh i feel like for a wwe style match that's like a nice thing to have you know yeah yeah i do i liked that the other thing i was gonna say was uh it's cool that like asuka was able to make this really stiff style work in wwe because i think that's like a hard transition to make if you're used to actually fucking rocking people's heads, you know, (laughs) like you can't really do that there. And she seems like she's been able to make that transition and make it work. And I think that's cool. Yeah. I'm just, I can't like, I know that there's definitely a way more different context to getting people signed now than there was a few years ago, but like getting signed seems to be such a thing that like worked for her so well. And like, she deserves that much success. She rules. And I think our frustrations now is that, like, she's still not being, like, kind of acknowledged for how good she is. Yeah, well, it just seems so strange that, like, she was so dominant. Like, the longest streak in modern WWE history. Like, you have this person who you've built up so much. And, all right, like, she wins the Rumble, you know? It's, like, it's a big fucking deal. And... You'd think, like, okay, she loses to Charlotte at WrestleMania, which was a match we were there for, and I think we both really liked, even though we were bummed out about the finish. Oh, I was so mad. I, I loved that match, though. I thought it was great. Oh, I thought it was one of the best matches of the show. It was. Uh, our, like, that match is great. I was mad at the ending, and I think they wanted me to be mad at the ending. So, good. Yeah, like, it's just so weird, because... I get where you're like, okay, we'll have her break the streak at WrestleMania. That makes sense. But then don't you want to like still use that person as like an incredibly dominant player? Like just because the streak is over doesn't mean they have to like go back to being like just one face in the crowd. You still have this person who you've built up so much. And I feel like. And that audience is love. Yeah. She, people love her. Like she's awesome. And it's just so strange that it kind of like just kind of died out after that. Like I can't really think of any like big feuds that she's had since then or anything like that you know yeah I mean well like we don't know maybe it was like hey pull back my kids going to the fifth grade or something like that maybe but I would find that hard to believe because like she's still gotta work all the shows you know yeah that's true but that is fun fact she is a mom which I think is interesting yeah it's wonderful yeah it's like it's cool again starting wrestling training in like your mid-20s and then like having a kid and still being able to do fucking Wrestlemania is awesome yeah, she kicks ass. <laughs> I love her. She can have it all, baby. Yeah. The actual Liz Lemon. <laughs> the one bright spot in how WWE is using her now, which mostly just makes me mad because, like, why isn't she, 
like killing everyone. Like, she's... why doesn't she shoot killing everyone? <laughs> let her murder everyone. Um, let her fight the dudes. Like, let her kill the dudes. That would rule. Yes. <laughs> but uh, the one good thing about it is that she's been tagging with Naomi lately, who is also awesome and underused, and also won a rumble, and then nothing happened. Like, remember yeah. she won the rumble on the Mania show, and like, yep. Just nothing fucking happened. Yeah, and she even, like, tweeted out, like, where the fuck is my evolution match? Yeah. Yeah. Which, good for her. Rightfully so. I love their friendship. <laughs> their friendship is so cute. They're so cute. Yeah, they tagged together, and, like, Naomi tweeted that um, Asuka bought her a Beyonce ticket, because they had the night off in Houston or something. Yeah, or she didn't have a match the night they were in Houston or something yeah. like that. So, Asuka bought her a Beyonce ticket. Like, that rules. What a nice person. Can you imagine having a friend that bought you any Beyonce ticket at all? <laughs> and, like, you know she probably bought her a really good Beyonce ticket. Probably, yeah. Uh, I just love that. I think that's great. It's wonderful. It makes me really happy. Also, that, they bo- that they're a tag team because, like, both of them have insane gear with, like, nine million things going on. So when they stand next to each other in a picture, it's, like, an assault on your eyeballs. <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> They should switch gear one year. That'd be cute. That'd be really cute. Well, now now that uh, Dustin and Greg did that for Halloween, I like am I want to see like every tag team. In each I was gear. wondering how we would work their names into this episode. We did <laughs> it's it. been a while. Do we have a good Greg fact for this? We haven't had a Greg fact in a while. Uh, I'm here's a Greg fact. His match against Juice Robinson the other night was really good. What a nice calm Greg fact. <laughs> Check that out if you have a Ring of Honor subscription. And if you don't have a Ring of Honor subscription, congratulations. Because why would you have a Ring of Honor subscription? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, it's good. That's my Greg fact. It was a good match. I really admire your, like, just steadfast, like, I'm going to keep talking shit and I don't care who yells at me. No, I'm, like, sincere when I say this. <laughs> we're fucking go- rocks. We're going to final battle. Like, I'll give them money. It's fine. <laughs> I just like don't watch it. That's all. Yeah, I I I keep up with the gifts. Yeah, but you know that's most things at this point. That's how I keep up with politics. It's uh, through gifts. It's through gifts. That's yeah. a problem. Probably. President looks like a fucking idiot. Great. Um, <laughs> well, I think that wraps up our Oscar episode. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Um, if you like this, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. We are WrestleSplania on Twitter and Instagram, WrestleSplania at Gmail. Um. And that's about it, right? Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Love you. Bye. Bye.